You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. Well, we're coming close to what we call Easter. But more than what we call it, it's an event that took place about 2,000 years ago. The death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to today speak on one of the scenes that took place right before he was taken to be crucified and hung on the cross. I'm in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. I'm in verse 15 through 23. 15. Through 23, Matthew 27. And it says, Every year at the time of Passover, the governor would free one prisoner from the people whom the people choose or chose. At that time, there was a man in prison named Barabbas who was known to be very bad. When the people gathered at Pilate's house, Pilate said, Whom do you want me to set free, Barabbas or Jesus, who was called the Christ? Pilate knew that they turned Jesus into him because they were jealous. While Pilate was sitting there on the judge's seat, his wife sent this message to him. Do not do anything to that man because he is innocent. Today I had a dream about him. And it troubled me very much. But the leading priests and elders convinced the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be freed and for Jesus to be killed. Pilate said, I have Barabbas and Jesus. Which do you want me to set free for you? The people answered, Barabbas. Pilate asked, so what should I do with with Jesus? the one called the Christ. And they all answered, crucify him. Pilate asked, "Um, why? What wrong has he done? But they shouted the louder, crucify him. But they shouted the louder, crucify him. I'd like to speak for a few moments with this question in mind. Whom? Do you want? In life, we're, ba- we're, we're faced with so many decisions. Sometimes we make the right ones, and many of the times we make the wrong decisions. The very first gift that God gave Adam and Eve was the gift of choice. You could choose to eat from this tree or choose to eat from this tree. But with every choice that we make, there are consequences. Some of us are still living with some of those consequences. Others, we thank God that we were able to overcome the consequences of some of our mistakes, whether they've been financial, whether they've been relational, whatever. But we all have to make choices in life. And what causes me to be amazed is how many people today still have Jesus outside of their lives. It seems like We feel or we live like we will never 
give an account to God for our decisions and for our actions. I think we have challenged and defied God without conscience. And there will come a day that God will no longer be ignored. There will come a day when divine retribution will fall even on our nation. Because we have mocked, laughed openly at God's face. He did it in the past. And unless our nation comes into making the right decisions and coming back to God, God once again will do what he did with past nations. The destruction of Sodom and the destruction of Gomorrah is not a myth. It was something that happened. And what's interesting is when you read the pages of the Bible, that nation was destroyed because of the attitudes that were defiant against God. Their lifestyle brought judgment. And what's interesting is that their sin, according to the word of God, cried out to God. It cried out to God. And God sent angels there to investigate the cry of the wickedness that was there. You see, one of the things that we have to understand is that God discerns the meanings of sounds. He, he discerns and, and he understands that sound is much more than noise. Moses went to the mountaintop for 40 days. And when he was coming down the mountain, he heard a noise. Joshua said, oh, it's just the noise of celebration and victory. Moses, since he had been with God, could discern more than just noise. And he says, no, that's not the sound of victory. And when they got closer and they got to the bottom, it was the sound of where they were uh, celebrating the golden calf that Aaron had made. God is a God that his ears are tuned and, and he hears and he distinguishes the different sounds and the different cries. By saying that God knows and distinguishes the sound that comes out of your voice and the cry that comes out of you, that he understands what it is. It's not just noise. There's a meaning behind it. When Sodom and Gomorrah were so perverse and living their ungodly lifestyle, that ungodly lifestyle was a cry to God and God sent two angels to go see and to investigate what was going on. See, God can listen to the sounds and the cries that represent a culture that is dying and, and a culture that has sold itself to, to uh, uh, iniquity. You see, God is like, like a doctor that has a stethoscope. That when you come, he puts the stethoscope in, in, in your heart area. And by the sound that he hears from your heart, he knows if everything's okay or you have some issues. He's asked you to breathe in and out, and by the sound of, of your lungs, he can tell you if you're good or there's some issues. God is the same way. God hears the sounds, and, and he understands whether we've got issues or, or, or we're okay. And I could say that a lot of the times, the sound that God hears from us is a sound that reveals to him that things are not okay. Yet he's a God because he hears sounds. 
He's a God that can attend us and he can diagnose the situation and, 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 and he, he understands and can meet us at our need. The, the Lord hears the sounds and, and one of the things that Romans tells us in the Bible that even all creation cries out waiting for the day of redemption. God hears the cry of the slaves in Hebrew, of the Hebrew slaves when they were in Egypt. It is there where he calls Moses and tells Moses, I've got an assignment for you. And he tells Moses because I have seen the, the oppression and I have seen uh, the suffering of my people in Egypt and, and I have heard their, their anguish and their cry uh, because of how the, the, the people of Egypt have treated them. And then he says, and so therefore I, I have heard their shouts and their cry and, and uh, I've heard their suffering and so I'm going to send you to go deliver them. The Bible makes it clear that the just call or cry unto the Lord and the Lord heals them and He delivers them from their anguish. But even though there are different cries, the, the, the earth cries, the, the creation cries, and Sodom and Gomorrah, their sin, cried up to God, there was a worse cry than Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it was a worse cry because it was the cry that you heard in the passage that we read. It's the cry that you hear and the shout that you hear in Pilate's palace. It's the shout that you hear of the people when Pilate comes out and he presents to them Barabbas and he presents to them Jesus. There is a mob, there is a multitude full of hate that are asking for Jesus to be crucified. And the voice of the multitude who had joined together with the desire to destroy Jesus Christ, the Savior, they cried out and they said, crucify Him. Pilate cannot understand to a certain degree what, what's going on and, and what he hears from the people because, you see, Pilate asked the question, uh, um, why? I, I don't get it. Why do you want me to crucify Jesus? What, what wrong has he done? What, what did he do that, that you would want him to be crucified? And they didn't even answer the question. They shouted the more and they said, crucify him. It was a mob and a group of people that would not be silenced. They, they, they were possessed by a hatred spirit that demanded that Jesus be destroyed. It, it was a cry without precedent in all of Bible and in all of history. Even though Pilate was a, a, a Roman governor and, and, and he wanted to, to, to let Jesus go. But he was convinced that the best way to do it was to do it in a politically correct way. He, did, he didn't want to side with Jesus. He, he didn't want to show that he was for Jesus. So he took advantage of the custom that they would do every Passover 
where they would bring two people or two prisoners out. They brought Barabbas out and they brought Jesus out. And they would give this to the people and allow them to choose who they wanted to be set free and who they wanted to be executed. Wanting to please the people and take advantage of the opportunity. He brings Barabbas out. A prisoner that's ready to be executed. A prisoner that is notorious for killing. A prisoner that has been notorious for stealing. A prisoner that has been notorious for assault. A prisoner that has been notorious to be a thief. He's famous in the scripture that we read. Everybody knows about this man named Barabbas. And finally the law caught up with him and he's in prison waiting for his day of execution. But on the other side you have Jesus. You have Jesus and and. and uh, Surely, between the two, Jesus would be the choice to be set free. Uh, We don't need to be rocket scientists to to figure that one out because even as I present it to you, I I would let you know that that anybody in their right mind would would, would choose a good guy over, over a bad guy. Everybody in their right mind would 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 have an easy choice because you have on one side a man that heals people. You, you have on one side a man that all he did was, was good. You, you have on one side a man that raised the dead. You, you have a man here that he's guilty only of setting people free and giving eyes uh, uh, back sight to, to the blind and, and, and he's guilty of letting the leprous be clean and made whole and, 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 and it's obvious that, that people would want somebody like that because uh, on the other side you, you have a, a murderer, you have a killer, you, you have a, 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 a man that's enraged, a man that does not respect, a, a man that, that, that is finally caught and, and, and he's waiting his day for execution. I mean, how, how hard could this decision be for the people? How hard could this decision be that, that you have on one side a, a man of peace, but, but on the other side you have a man of violence? How, how hard could the decision be? Because on one side you have a man that's full of love and does good, but on the other side you have a man that is full of hatred and all he does is evil. I, I believe the decision, and Pilate I believe is thinking, it shouldn't be that hard. Uh, how hard would it be to decide from man that all he has done is good versus a man that all he has done is evil. How, how hard would it be because both are famous. One for his bad deeds and the other one for, for his good deeds. Pilate understanding that they had brought Jesus in because of jealousy and wanted him to be destroyed. He said if I bring him them out to the people it's obvious that I'll be able to set and let Jesus go free because they're surely going to want to execute the one that has robbed you the one that has killed your joy the one that has taken the life out of you a loved one it's it's easy and Pilate brings this scenario out to the people for them to make 
the obvious choice. He was, he was convinced that the choice would be easy. They would definitely choose the, the carpenter from Nazareth over the criminal of Jerusalem. They would choose Christ over the criminal. They, 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 they would choose life over death. You see Jesus and Jesus comes out and his face is bloody. He has blood on his head and face and his garments are torn and he's bleeding because of the beating that the soldiers gave him. He, he's bleeding because the crown of thorns that's on his head. He's bleeding because men and soldiers hit him with their fists and hit him with a cane over his head. He, he, he's, he's bleeding because he's been whipped. He, he, he's bleeding because he's been in the hands of the Roman soldiers. But on the other side, you, you also see another man and they both have scars. And their scars tell their story. Jesus is in this condition because of what the soldiers did to him. He's bleeding because they slapped him. But Barabbas is bleeding because of the fights that he got into while he was still in prison. He, 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 he's, his clothes are torn as they ripped off his clothes and put those on him and, and mocked him. And, but but, but but Barabbas' clothes are, are ripped because of the fights that, that he's been in and, and, and the, the, all the, the commotion that, that his lifestyle brings upon him. He, he, he's, he's wounded and he has scars on his face from all the, the contentions and the fights that he's been in, the brawls that he's been involved in. Yet Jesus, the innocent, the other one, because of his actions, surely... The choice is going to be easy. Who do you want me to free over your life? Who do you want me to set, let go and set free over your city again? Obvious. They're going to want the one that did good versus the one that has done evil. The Bible says in Isaiah that as a sheep taken to the slaughter, Jesus walked out. There's no resistance in Jesus. He's walking out humbled. He's walking out uh, 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 as a sheep going to the slaughter. But yet you look at Barabbas and, and even to bring him out, he's trying to fight the soldiers. He's trying to fight them. Why? Uh, uh, it, the, the choice would be, would be easy, but they got scars and the scars tell their story. One is without sin. The other one is full of sin. One is the cure to the disease of sin called cancer. And the other one is the disease of cancer all by itself. You see, one represents the solution to man's problems. But the other guy represents... The chaos and the misery that man has and lives in. If Barabbas is released, undoubtedly he'll kill again. If, if Barabbas 
is released, he'll steal again. If Barabbas is released, he'll assault again. There's no doubt who would want that released over the city again. If I release Jesus, he'll continue to heal the sick. He'll continue to do good. The choice is going to be easy. At least that's what Pilate understood and thought as he brings, as he brings Barabbas and he brings Jesus. But Pilate was so wrong. He was so wrong because you and I understand that we've had choices to make. And some of our choices have been wrong. Some of you that have kids, you would think that they would choose the right, make the right decision. And yet, they made the wrong one. And sometimes the decisions, though easy they may be, Sometimes because we're blinded, we make the wrong choice. I'm sure that they were going to be able to distinguish between good and, and evil and truth and error. I'm, I'm sure the people were going to be able to discern between the life and death. And their eyes were open, but the people's minds were so closed, so hardened by sin. The conscience no longer functioned. And the decisions were based on the decision to satisfy the flesh. We sometimes make the same mistake. That the decisions that we make are more decisions to satisfy the right now, the moment, the desire that our flesh has. And sometimes we're so quick to make a decision that we're no longer looking at the longevity or looking at the, at the lasting term of our decision or consequences. It's, it's a decision that we make right now, at the moment, and we don't count the cost. So you find the governor saying that it's the day of the Passover. I'm going to present to you Two individuals, Jesus or Barabbas. For too long, our nation has chosen Barabbas. We had Jesus in the schools, but we chose Barabbas. We had God in our government entities and buildings, but we chose Barabbas. We had prayer and the Pledge of the Legions in our schools, but we chose Barabbas. And then we're complaining why all the killings in the schools. We're complaining why all the corruption in government. Because when we had the choice to choose Jesus, we decided to choose Barabbas. Even in our own lives today, we choose Barabbas over Jesus. We choose destruction over Jesus. We choose hardship over Jesus. 
And even today, the decision still has to be made. You can't be silent about it because even your silence is telling you or pointing you out of your decision. What will we do? He says, what am I going to do with Jesus? What wrong has he done? What will I do with Jesus called the Christ? And they shouted the more and they cried the more, crucify him. The multitude cried so much and so loud, crucify him, that even heaven shook. That even heaven was at a standstill. Even heaven, you could hear a hush. For it was obvious that they would choose good over evil. And today, we may sit here as well, still having to make that choice because we've not made it. Or we've already made it, but we can always change our decision. As long as we have life, we can change our decision. The young boy that in the parable of the prodigal son, he made a decision to leave his house and to leave and squander everything uh, that was given to him and, until he was broke. And then the Bible says that he came back to his senses and he said, what am I doing here? How many of my hired hands my father has over there that are eating an abundance of bread and I am starving to death? He said, I will get up and I will go back to my father. The decision that even though we make bad choices, we still have the power of choice to revert that bad choice and make the good one and make a clean turnaround and go back to the principles that bring us peace, that bring us joy, and that bring us happiness. His name is Jesus Christ. Today the question arises again, what, what shall we do with Christ? Who, who, who do you want me to set free over your life? Who do you want me to let go in your life? Jesus or Barabbas? And you would think, man, those people were stupid. Those people were dumb. Here is a notorious killer. There's only about 38 words that describe the life of, of Barabbas in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's not much said. But his actions apparently spoke so much that the word they used was a famous person. A murderer. And depending on the Gospels that you read... Some of them called him, he was a person that caused a revolt. He would cause disturbances. And for the first time, this notorious, famous murder is in the hands of the law. Undoubtedly, the people are happy, rejoicing that he's off our streets. He won't abuse our kids. He won't invade our privacy. He won't break into our homes. He won't cause a revolt. He won't encourage our kids to be like him. I'm glad they have him. He's in chains. As a matter of fact, he's even fighting on the way out. It's obvious the people are going to say, who would want that person be set free again in our lives versus this man over here? Yet Pilate's mouth dropped when they said, 
Give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Wow. Barabbas represents us. Because we were the ones like Barabbas that deserved to be killed for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And when Jesus goes to the cross, the one who knew no sin became sin. He said, release J.R. He said, release Juan. Release Julio. Release Michelle. Release Carlos. What? But they're sinners. Release Danny. Release Nati. And Jesus paid the price that we deserve to pay. Just as they made their choice, even God had made his choice. If there's anyone that needs to be set free would be Jesus. But if there's anybody that really needs freedom, it's JR, it's Danny, it's Patsy. And so if I have to choose who do I let go, he let me go and allowed his son to go to the cross for you and for me. What choices are we going to make? How many times have we chosen Barabbas over Jesus in many of the choices that we've had? How many times have we fallen into sin because we chose Barabbas? The desires of the flesh versus Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit. How many times do we find ourselves in our own predicament because of the choice I, I, I chose Barabbas over my life than Jesus? And so the decision is, has to be made today again. For 2,000 years, that question has been asked. And time after time, people have to make that decision like we have to make it today. Whom do you want me to set free over your life? Barabbas or Jesus? And if you could recount in the past the times that you've chosen Barabbas how many times you've been hurt how many times you've been wounded and how many times the consequences have devastated you yet in the same way think back how many times did I choose Jesus and Jesus with their strength and Jesus was there for you and Jesus kept you cool and calm and Jesus gave you peace and gives, Jesus gave you hope. We're here because of Jesus. And today, I hope that we can make that right decision. That we could choose Jesus over Barabbas. Those areas of our lives that Barabbas has taken control. Those areas of a life that Barabbas has hurt us. That we could say, Jesus, come and heal the hurt. Jesus, come and fill the void that Barabbas left. Because remember, Barabbas steals and Barabbas is a thief. The Bible says that, speaking of Satan, the enemy, that he comes to kill, steal, steal and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life. Barabbas. What choice will you make?
What choice have you made? Jesus or Barabbas? We all have to make choices in life. But the greatest choice and the greatest decision of life is the one between Barabbas and Jesus. Jesus will save you. Jesus will forgive you. Jesus can heal you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And Jesus is the one that has prepared a place for us to live with him forever and ever. What choice will you make today? How long have you been without Jesus and lived with Barabbas because of things that have happened in your life? As every head bowed and every eye is closed, I want you to think about this next season of your life. You'll have to make a choice between Barabbas and Jesus. God gives us an opportunity to repent. But there will always come a time and a day when the final decision has to be made. A decision of life or death. And I'm talking about spiritually. What is it that we need? What is it that only Jesus can do? Barabbas has hurt you long enough. Barabbas has stolen from you your joy, your peace. Barabbas has come and influenced and has almost destroyed your home, your marriage, your relationships. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you.